Joe Biden ended Bernie Sanders' campaign last night with massive victories in Missouri, Mississippi, and Michigan. We will examine how Bernie fell apart and what troubles remain ahead for Sleepy Joe. Then, Eat the Rich YouTube socialist Carlos Maza gets exposed as a rich guy, revealing a key generational difference between old left socialists like Sanders and millennial socialists like Maza. All that and so much more. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Poor Bernie Sanders. Never thought I would say that, but the guy got blown out of the water last night. So last night we had Little Super Tuesday or Super Tuesday 2.0. We had the real Super Tuesday uh, last week. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Everything is like blurring together now. This campaign has changed so quickly. You know, if you'd asked me two, three weeks ago, who's going to be the nominee of the Democratic Party? Just looking at the numbers, you'd have to say Bernie Sanders. Now the guy got blown out of the water. Last night we heard from voters in Washington, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho, North Dakota, and Michigan. How did they do? Bernie didn't get completely blown out. I mean, he didn't, he, it's not like he lost every single state. He won Michigan, or he won rather Washington. He won North Dakota. But the big states of the night all went to Joe Biden. Biden got Missouri. That's worth 68 delegates. They're going to have proportional delegates, but just to give you a sense of the size of these states. Missouri, Mississippi were 36 delegates. And then the big prize of the night, Michigan, worth 125 delegates, went to Joe Biden. So for all intents and purposes, Bernie Sanders is out of the race. His campaign has said that they're not going to concede right away. We'll maybe take a look at why that is. But already, President Trump is turning all of his attention to Joe Biden. The Trump campaign released a video last night just immediately dunking on Sleepy Joe and implying that he's too senile to become president. Obama warned Biden's aides to make sure Biden didn't embarrass himself. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the, you know the thing. And I'll buy Obama Democrat tomorrow, Super Thursday. 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted oh, to exempt sister. the gun manufacturers. This is my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no, this, no, they switched on me. This is my wife. This is my sister. They switched on me. My other th three granddaughters are down in Dubuque with my wife, Jill. And so, in Des Moines, I, I, I'm, I'm in Dubuque. All right, Chuck, thank you very much. Uh, all right, uh, it's Chris, but anyway. Chris. Play the radio, make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Text Joe, two, three, excuse me, I gotta get this right. You're a lion dog face pony soldier. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. <laughs> Is that clear? I don't think that's clear. It's really awful when you watch all of that together. And just consider for a moment that of all the 320 million Americans, this is the best the Democrats could pick. You know, how big was that field? 27 people at one point? And the actual best candidate that they could field 
is that guy. I said yesterday on the show that we need to have a new segment, which is called What Jumbled Nonsense Came Out of Joe Biden's Mouth Today? Because every day there's more and every day we got to cover it. Well, guess what? Yesterday didn't disappoint. Joe Biden was in Detroit. He was talking to some auto workers there and one of them challenged him on his anti-Second Amendment policies. And the Joe Biden, now the presumptive Democratic nominee, told the guy he was full of SHIT, threatened to take him outside, and then started rambling on about the mythical AR-14 assault rifle. Hold on, let's, let's pause it right there for a second. He, he goes on. But imagine just for a moment if President Trump or if any other Republican politician ever shushed a female campaign aide on camera. Because that's what's happening. This guy is talking to Joe Biden. He says, hey, you've got some pretty anti-Second Amendment policies. The guy's like, you're full of SHIT. And then the female guy goes, okay, we're done here. Let's see you. And she goes, no, shush. Shush, doll face. Hey, come on, you pony soldier. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't go over very well. Then Joe Biden gets to the meat of what he's saying and uh, it, it doesn't go terribly well. We'll get to that in a second. First, I want to thank our friends over at Zip Recruiter. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, Hawaii is the state experiencing the highest wage growth. Man, that state's got everything going for it. But while higher wages attract more and better candidates, competition for talent remains intense. So if you need to find the best candidates for your growing business, ZipRecruiter is your smart, efficient hiring solution. From healthcare to manufacturing to professional and business services, ZipRecruiter makes hiring great people faster and easier. And today you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. Do it right now. I'm telling you, it's not like throwing spaghetti at the wall. It goes out and invites the best people to apply you've got to use it. It will save you time and money in hiring. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-N-O-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, the smartest way to hire. Okay. So he shushes the, the female campaign aide. Now it's worth pointing out Joe Biden has a pretty bad record on the second amendment. He has said that he's going to take away people's guns. Here he is. Support the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. To the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt, guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapons. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds? You were in veto and you said you were going to take our guns. I did not say that. That's not true. I did not say that. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out that are saying they're lying. So he's denying it, right? No, I never said I would take your guns away. I never said I would take your guns away. Roll the tape. To gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. Bingo. Bingo, bango. Look at that. So... He, he does this all the time, Joe Biden. Maybe it's because he genuinely doesn't remember having said these things, but he'll just, I, actually, it's been going on so long in his career. I think it's just a, a feature, not a bug of his character. He can lie effortlessly. So he can just look you in the face and say, I never said I would take away your guns. I never said that. Look, and the, and the auto worker, he's saying, 
I saw it on tape. I saw you say, he goes, yeah, there's a lot of tape. It's all selectively edited. It's all manipulated. I don't believe what you see on TV, kid. Well, look, we can look at the interview of Joe Biden talking to Anderson Cooper. He says, bingo, I'm going to take away your guns. And then Joe Biden, really to put the cherry on top of the Sunday, gets to the heart of our gun problem. It's the scourge of the mythical AR-14. This is so embarrassing for Joe Biden. Some of Joe Biden's defenders are trying to spin this as, yeah, he stood up to this guy. First of all, no, he didn't. He eventually just walked away. The guy was perfectly polite and Joe Biden threatens to take him outside. By the way, I really hope for Joe's sake that no one ever takes him up on this offer. How many times has Joe Biden said, I'll challenge you to push-ups. You want to go take this outside? I'll punch you. You want to, Joe Biden is a 77 year old man who can't remember his own name. If, If he actually goes outside with somebody, not going to end very well for him. Then he he obviously just walks away. So uh, he's standing up to these people and saying, well, uh, I'm just going to take away your AR-15s, or AR-14 rather. AR-14, not the gun he's talking about. AR-14, a product of Joe's imagination. AR-15 is the actual gun, but he's wrong about the AR-15. He says to the guy, you shouldn't be able to have an AR-15. The guy says, why not? He says, well, because it's a, uh, what, are you allowed to have a machine gun? The guy very reasonably says, AR-15s are not machine guns. They're just semi-automatic rifles like every other rifle. You pull the trigger once, one round comes out. He goes, yeah, yeah, you're going to, you're you allowed to have a hundred rounds? I said, well, look around. Most states here, you can't, can't even have a hundred round magazine. This is pathetic for a few reasons. One, because Joe Biden's slipping. But There are a lot of anti-gun politicians who would have given this exact same answer, and that's really pathetic. This this Detroit auto worker, his job is not to regulate gun policy. His job is not to know about this issue, and yet he does, because it would appear he's a responsible citizen. Joe Biden's job for 50 years was to deal in these issues of policy, and he knows nothing about it. He's made guns a big, big plank of his campaign. He doesn't know anything about them. He doesn't know what the name of the gun is. He doesn't know what the type of the gun is. He doesn't know what the gun does. He doesn't know anything about it. And I'm not even uh, going after him on a political or ideological level. I'm going after him on a base knowledge level. He's simply ignorant of the thing that he is uh, not only talking about, but trying to regulate very embarrassing interaction. And he just looks like an angry, angry old man. I mean, the first thing I thought of when he, when he used AR-14 was not even the gun angle. It was the losing his marbles angle. It's like if somebody who's very, very old says, you kids and your Game Boy computers and your, your doo-wop cassette records. And you're, and it's like, they're just using terms that don't really make sense together. That's what Joe Biden was doing because he's really checked out. And yet this guy who is 
half comatose, barely knows where he is, is running away with the nomination. So what other people in the Democratic Party want when they see videos like this is they want to cancel the rest of the primary. This is not my conspiracy theory. Major Democrats are now <laughs> publicly voicing this opinion. So Jim Clyburn, a Democratic representative from South Carolina, he said yesterday, I think when the night is over, Joe Biden will be the prohibitive favorite to win the Democratic nomination. Quite frankly, if the night ends the way it's begun, I think it is time for us to shut down this primary. I think it is time for us to cancel the rest of the debates because you don't do anything but get yourself in trouble if you continue in this contest when it's obvious that the numbers will not shake out for you. And then he, he went on to reiterate this. He said, Biden will get himself into trouble and will say something that he, quote, cannot overcome if this goes on. So you got to you got to end it now. Not just Jim Clyburn, legendary Democratic political consultant James Carville said pretty much the exact same thing. Mission is a party is to defeat Donald Trump. According to 538, there's a 99 to 1 chance that, that Vice President Biden is going to be the nominee. Let's shut this puppy down and let's move on and worry about November. This thing is decided. There's no reason to keep it going, but not even a day longer. In many ways, they're both right. They're right that Joe Biden's going to get himself into trouble, that he's pretty much locked up the nomination, that there's no reason in terms of the selection process to keep this thing going. However, they're wrong in that you don't win by not campaigning. Okay. If you are so terrified that your presumptive nominee is going to say something stupid that you, you think you're going to win by locking him away for six months, you don't have a great candidate. You, you cannot win in politics by not doing something or by avoiding. That's exactly what they want to do. And it's not just them. There are a, a number of very prominent Democrats who are not ready fully to endorse Joe Biden. You know, we heard yesterday from Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton, but there are others too. And they're making uh, exactly the same point. By the way, I want to uh, remind you that uh, if you want to ask any questions from, uh, you know, if you were listening on the Daily Wire chat box, the app, the website, uh, send them in and we'll try to get to some. From A, Michael, what would you say to the liberals who are likely accusing us of making a medical diagnosis of Joe Biden's mental state without having met him or having the proper medical training? There is a difference here. So we're not making a medical diagnosis. I'm not saying uh, Joe Biden has Alzheimer's disease. Joe Biden has uh, Parkinson's disease. Joe, I'm not actually making a medical diagnosis in the way that the left does with Donald Trump. They do this with Donald Trump all the time. They say he's a sociopath. He's uh, is a narcissist. He's he's they accuse him of having uh, uh, incest fantasies. I mean, they accuse him of all sorts of really creepy and specific psychological uh, problems. What we're accusing Joe Biden of having is old age. Right? You don't need a medical degree to accuse somebody of being old because the evidence is right there for you. The evidence is he's forgetting everybody's name. He is saying things that don't make any sense. He's garbling his sentences. Uh, you know, I, I always say pull back on the psychobabble. Do not start diagnosing people out of the DSM if uh, you're sitting watching a TV, even if you are a medical doctor. But if you've ever been around somebody who's over the, the age that Joe is currently at, uh, you don't need a medical degree to point out that someone is a little long in the tooth. Uh, Maxine Waters right now, major, uh, major Democrat in Congress. She too is not ready 
to settle on Biden. I'm just uh, asking members about the primary, big primaries tonight. Are you backing Biden or Bernie? I have not endorsed anybody. Who do you like most compared to the uh, Biden and Bernie compared? It's not about um, who you like. It's about now watching and understanding who can beat Trump. Do you think Biden has what it takes to beat Trump? I don't know, but we'll see. I don't know, but we'll see. You know, Maxine Waters occasionally says something honest, and that's right. I, I, if I were a Democrat, I would not be sure that Biden has what it takes to beat Trump. And really, even the people defending him, like James Carville saying, he's got this wrapped up. Let's go. Let's put this away now. Let's get this little puppy back in the shed now. It, even those guys are saying it because they're not certain that Joe Biden has what it takes. We'll get to this all in just a second. But first, got to thank our friends over at Rock Auto. My car broke down a little while ago. I don't know anything about cars, right? So I go to the auto parts shop. The auto parts shop, they don't ever have the part. So they go online. They go and order online. Then they charge me a lot of extra money. And I still don't even know what I'm looking at. Well, guess what? If you have a computer, you have the internet. And if you have the internet, that means you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. Like, you know, airlines do that, right? But Rock Auto always has the most reliable prices. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Here's a random example, right? The Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey is $353.99 at advance, big chain store, right? And it is $216.79 at rockauto.com. That's the way these guys always are. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box, and they will know that we sent you. And not just Maxine Waters, Jill Stein. You remember her? She was the Green Party politician last time. She, she's run a number of times. Jill Stein is, is tweeting out, quote, Biden's lies and record are bad enough, but the biggest risk is his obvious cognitive decline. He said he's running for Senate, confused wife and sister, forgot Obama's name, etc. This isn't going away. If Dems close their eyes and keep pushing Joe, it'll be an agonizing eight months ahead. And then the pièce, I, I agree with her, I never thought I'd agree with Jill Stein. The pièce de résistance is Bill de Blasio, the Bolshevik mayor of New York, who points out that Joe Biden has not been vetted this time around. This thing's not over. And I tell you something else. Our candidate needs to be vetted, Joe. I am deeply concerned. Uh, Bernie started to get vetted quite a bit, and that's important for right. getting ready for the general election. Joe Biden hasn't been vetted. He was in a perfect position, early front runner. Then everyone thought he wasn't going to make it. Turn their attention to Bloomberg, Bernie, even Warren for a while. Joe Biden has a lot of issues he needs to speak to. If we don't deal with it now in the family and Mr. have Mr. that Mayor. blunt discussion, Ms. Donald Trump Ms. will. So uh, Morning Joe over here is, starts laughing when Bill de Blasio says this, because he says, basically, Joe Biden has been in politics every day for 50 years. What do you mean he hasn't been vetted? He's been vetted as much as anybody. He's now run for president three times. He was the vice president. What are you talking about? He hasn't been vetted. Circumstances change. This is not the Joe Biden of 1974, okay? This is a very different Joe Biden, and he has not been vetted. First of all, even if you just look at his positions, his positions have changed. So on the purely ideological level, we really don't know who this guy is because he doesn't believe in very much. So he's willing to say a whole lot of things. For instance, for his whole career, he defended the Hyde Amendment, which theoretically protected taxpayers from paying for abortions. Now 
He's ready to let taxpayers pay for abortions. Just one easy example. Also, there's the cognitive decline aspect. Joe Biden didn't used to forget people's names and forget where he was. And then there's the corruption aspect. That's the third one. That to me is, is probably going to be more important in the long run. So obviously there are going to be a lot of attacks from actually some people on the left probably too, but obviously from President Trump on how Joe Biden is losing his marbles. That's why he called him Sleepy Joe. Early on in the campaign, you remember the big attack on Biden was that he was giving people shoulder massages and they were trying to me too him basically. And Donald Trump didn't go for that. If Trump had gone for that, he would have called him Creepy Joe. Creepy Joe with the shoulder massages smelling the hair. He didn't go for Creepy Joe. He went for a rhyme, which was Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe because if you see him for any period of time, you realize Joe Biden is not as energetic as he once was. His, his mind is not moving as quickly. So a lot of attacks for that. However, there, there will also be attacks on Joe Biden's corruption. And this is something that very few people have talked about at length in Joe Biden's career. It's only really come up recently with some of the Hunter Biden revelations, but it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing that during Joe Biden's 50 years in government, for some reason, coincidentally, everybody with the last name Biden has gotten a lot richer. Isn't that weird? You're not supposed to make a whole lot of money in politics, and you're definitely not supposed to make money just because your family is in politics, right? Why on earth would someone pay you money for that? And yet, over Joe Biden's half century at the top of our politics, his family has gotten really, really rich. And it's not just Hunter Biden. Everyone knows about Hunter Biden. Don't forget about Joe's brother, James Biden. James Biden has a long trail of corruption. So just one quick example, recently, James Biden used his political ties to convince the executives at AmeriCorps Health, which is a healthcare firm out in the country, to loan him $650,000. Why? Why would he get that loan? He convinced them to give him that loan because he said that uh, he would be able to secure larger investments from Middle Eastern contacts thanks to the Biden name. So he was getting into healthcare investing and he told these partners like AmeriCorps that uh, Joe Biden, not James, James is the guy asking for the money, that his brother Joe was very excited about the public policy implications of this new venture. And, you know, really, they could probably uh, use that Biden name to get some money out of the Middle East. That's according to Politico. Politico released that just two days ago. Now, I'm not even saying Joe Biden was necessarily complicit in this, though you'd think if this, if this pattern goes on long enough, he might've told his brother, stop trading my name for money. Stop doing this. But it's gone on longer. It wasn't just a one-time event. There's, there's a track record here. And then of course it goes to Hunter Biden. We'll get to that in a second. First, I want to thank our friends over at Paint Your Life. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try paintyourlife.com. I love this thing. I think it is like one of the coolest services available today. You can have an original painting of yourself or your children or your family or a dog or a special place. You can have it done oil painting or other kinds of paintings too at a price you can afford from paintyourlife.com. It is a true painting done by hand by a world-class artist 
created from a favorite photo. I, I just love this thing. I did not trust that it would be high quality when I saw it. So I wanted to try it out first and I didn't try it on me. I tried it on my stepbrother for his wedding. I had this gore, absolutely gorgeous painting made for a, a price that would shock you. I don't really understand how the business model works because the quality is so, so good. Do it. You're, you are not going to regret this. And by the way, let's not forget, conservatives really should support like the aesthetic realm of the world. You know, we should care about beauty a lot. Uh, no better way than to have an original painting done for your home for not too much money. Right now for a limited time, you get 30% off your painting. 30% off and free shipping. To get this offer, text the word Michael to 64,000. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. Michael, 64,000. So it's not just the loan that he got trading on his brother's name. James Biden, during the Obama administration, received over one and a half billion dollars in government-backed contracts while his brother was vice president. Now we're seeing a real pattern, right? Because the Hunter Biden corruption happened while Joe was vice president too. In 2010, James Biden joined Hillstone International as executive vice president. So this is a firm working on construction and tech projects, particularly overseas. You say, why is James Biden joining as the executive vice president of that firm? James Biden's not like slinging a hammer. He's not some well-known construction uh, genius. No, he had no experience, but he did have the last name Biden. And this helped him get contracts in Iraq to the tune of one and a half billion dollars. Pretty clear corruption to me. Then you get to Hunter. The update on Hunter Biden right now, by the way, in case you haven't been paying attention to the tabloids, he is currently living in a very, very expensive house in the Hollywood Hills right here where I live. He's, uh, I don't live in as ritzy a neighborhood as, as Hunter Biden is, of course, because my last name is not Biden. He's got a Porsche sitting in the garage and he's just painting all day. He converted a pool house into an art studio. And while he's doing that, he's refusing to show up to court hearings for child support payments on the child that he sired out of wedlock with a stripper while he was cheating on his late brother's widow. And this was after he left his first wife. That's just the personal scandal. That one actually doesn't even matter that much. The, the only reason I bring it up is the left has made it so personal now uh, in the Trump administration. So the left has started going off after Trump's kids. Remember during the whole Russiagate hoax, they were trying to throw Don Jr. in jail. They're constantly attacking the Trump family, the Trump children. And they're, they're accusing Trump of having incestuous desires. I mean, they're really sick stuff, right? So uh, the, the only reason I say that is because it means that Hunter on a personal level is going to be an issue on this campaign. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. The bigger scandal is the corruption. So Hunter Biden paid much, much more money to sit on the board of a corrupt Ukrainian energy company than he would have been paid on the board of ExxonMobil. Hunter Biden has no ex expertise in Ukraine or in energy. He's got a lot of expertise in sitting on boards because those are the corrupt jobs that he's gotten by virtue of his last name. That's going to be a big issue. How's Joe going to answer that? Not quite uh, sure. And then the question is, what happens to Bernie? We'll get to that in a second. First, let's take a question from BB. Hey, Knowles, I really can't seem to figure out why the DNC chose to sideline Tulsi. She may not be the best friend of the establishment, but she is clearly the best candidate. What do you think? No, I, I don't think she's the best candidate, first of all. 
I, I think that her views are too heterodox. That's why she's making some common cause with people on the right. I mean, she, she checks the boxes superficially that the left wants, right? They say they want a woman. They say they want an ethnic minority. Uh, they say they want a young person. Chelsea, uh, Tulsi Gabbard checks all of those boxes. But, you know, they don't usually end up going that way, right? They've been, the Democrats have been saying that for so long. They really want minorities and women. And yeah, okay. They're nominating Joe Biden, it looks like, this time. Last time they nominated a, a white woman. So at least she was a woman by their account, but you know, she's still white. Then before that, yeah, I guess they had Barack Obama. Then they had John Kerry, just a boring old white guy. Then they had Al Gore, he's just a boring old white guy. Then they had Bill Clinton. At the time, he was a boring, slightly younger white guy. And part of his, part of his presidency wasn't that boring. But you see my point. They talk a much better game on this kind of intersectional issue than they actually play. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard would not maintain the liberal establishment. So that's their big issue with her, particularly in foreign policy. She's too much of an independent thinker. And what the Democrats and what the left want to do most uh, urgently is to defend that liberal establishment. She won't do it. So she's, people are not going to say her name. She's the candidate who must not be named. And soon that's going to happen to Bernie Sanders too. So what happens to him now? Bernie Sanders predicted that he would win in Michigan, but he said that he wouldn't drop out either way. Uh, He told Chris Wallace just the other day, he said, I certainly would not consider dropping out. We're also seeing now that uh, his campaign is saying he's not going to drop out immediately. Uh, Bernie Sanders is doubling down now on his praise of Fidel Castro. He's going to go out on his shield, okay? Bernie Sanders is is not going to go out with a whimper. He's going to go out with a bang. Uh, Here's Bernie just recently doubling down on Castro. Mentioned Cuba and authoritarian regimes. There are a few moments in races that seem like turning points. And many experts looked at that moment on 60 Minutes when you talked about Fidel Castro's literacy, literacy program as a turning point in this race. Do you regret at all saying what you said at that time in this race? No. Look, I have spent my entire life fighting for working people and fighting for democracy. No, I don't regret it. I mean, what he's just said, I've fought for working people and democracy is just clearly untrue. He's defending in the same breath Fidel Castro, okay, who has been nothing but a devil and a plague for the working people of Cuba and who uh, certainly is not a Democrat, lowercase d. Uh, He honeymooned in the Soviet Union, not great for working people, certainly not a democracy. He's defended the worst regimes on earth. But the reason I point this out is Bernie Sanders is not going to try to moderate a little bit to win the nomination. He sees the writing on the wall and he is going to go down swinging. So it's the end of the road in many ways. Frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran again in four years, but if he were to run again in four years, it would be like a Mike Gravel kind of candidacy. Mike Gravel was that very, very old left winger who kind of nominally ran this time just to get his ideas out there, but not in any way making a serious play. Certainly not like he did in 2020. Uh, this is it. This is the end of the road for Bernie. He's, uh, he's not going to compromise on what he wants, not going to compromise on his values, especially now. Bernie is so much better in opposition, right? Bernie's not really good when he's the front runner. He doesn't know how to play the front runner. He's not very good when he's in power. He doesn't actually accomplish anything when he's in the Senate. But he's really good from the outside. He's really good at attacking the establishment. That's where he's been most effective. And uh, so I think, if anything, you're going to see a little 
fresh boost of energy into the campaign now that it's completely lost. Uh, we've got to get to another generation of socialist, another generation of leftist hypocrisy in the form of Carlos Maza, because Carlos Maza, that YouTube guy who tries to get all the conservatives kicked off the internet, Carlos has a little secret. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, first, I've got to thank our friends over at BlinkSale. You know, being your own boss is great, but running your own business is not always easy, whether you have employees or not. There's billing, there's accounting, there's staying organized, and no matter how boss you are, no one's great at it all of the time. That's where BlinkSale comes in. BlinkSale makes it easy to send professional invoices and track payments. In just a few seconds, you can create invoices, send them to clients, and keep up with them until they get paid. Forget about using invoice templates or stressing about coordinating a bunch of different software programs. BlinkSale takes care of it all. That's less time worrying about billing, and what that means is more time focusing on the work that actually gets you paid. I really love these guys. It's so simple. It makes it, makes it all so much easier to deal. I'm not an organized guy. I would much rather be either doing the work I want to do or like sitting back somewhere smoking a stogie. Uh, this takes that all that awful organizing work out of your hands and makes it so simple. See for yourself. Try BlinkSale for free right now at BlinkSale.com. That's B-L-I-N-K-S-A-L-E.com. BlinkSale. Spend less time billing and more time doing what you love. Right now, we're giving 25% off daily wire plans when you use the coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. Head on over there because it looks like that poor socialist in the race is on his way out. NEVERSOCIALIST. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. We'll be right back with a lot more. As one socialist leaves the political world, another socialist enters it. So uh, Bernie Sanders is on his way out. Carlos Maza is picking up the mantle for the working man. This guy is not just a, I want to sort of raise your taxes, rich people socialist. He is a full-on overthrow capitalism and eat the rich socialist. Here he is in case you forgot. The long, dark night of the end of history has to be grasped as an enormous opportunity. The very oppressive pervasiveness of capitalist realism means that even glimmers of alternative political and economic realities can have a disproportionately great effect. The tiniest event can tear a hole in the gray curtain of reaction, which has marked the horizon of possibility. From a situation in which nothing can happen, suddenly anything is possible. Wow. Okay. And if you were just listening to that, if you couldn't see that, Carlos Maz is there wearing a wife beater tank top and holding like a sledgehammer over his shoulder. Like he's got a bandana around his neck, like workers of the world unite. Now it's very hard for me to take seriously the idea that someone who talks for a living is like out there in the field, <laughs> you know, with the proletariat, uh, socialist hacks for all of human history have tried to give that impression and they never do it terribly credibly. Um, but Carlos Maza certainly plays the part, right? He puts on the costume and he says all the lines. He says he hates the rich and he hates capitalism. Here's just, here just a few tweets from Maza. Just found out James Carville, who spends his time lecturing Democrats for being too far left, lives in an abs absolutely obscene four-story mansion. Dear God, can we stop taking political advice from the ultra-wealthy? You really have to respect this guy's grift 
constantly dressing in normal clothes on TV to feign relatability while living like this. Masterful con artist. Now pay attention to that. That's going to come back in a little bit. He He's attacking James Carville for wearing silly proletariat clothing while actually he's very rich and he's saying that's hypocritical. Okay, just, just wait for it for a moment. Uh, he's got other tweets. He says, we should treat gay people the same way we treat straight people, eating them when they get too rich. Right? Got to eat the rich. Got So it turns out, here's the punchline. Are you ready? Could you expect it? Carlos Maza is very rich. <laughs> I know, you couldn't, couldn't have seen that one coming. Uh, Carlos Maza is not just like, like his grandpa left him a nice inheritance rich. Okay, Carlos Maza is not just like the stocks are doing well this year rich. Carlos Maza didn't just win, you know, a scratcher ticket and got like five grand or something. Carlos Maza is super duper rich. He's connected to multiple giant mansions in Florida. He's connected to a $7.1 million apartment on the Upper West Side, which was purchased under an LLC, which is a thing rich people do. They buy apartments under company names for privacy and tax benefits. Uh, and he's connected to a yacht made by the luxury boat maker, Donzi. Public records show that his mother, Vivian, and his family, his stepfather, uh, they're registered to vote at a five-bedroom eight-bathroom waterfront palace in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, the property sold a couple years ago for $10.8 million. Uh, also, it turns out that the, he's connected to a four-bedroom, four-bath home in Weston, Florida, which sold for almost $2 million in 2015. And his mother, Vivian, currently lives full-time in a $4.5 million, two-bedroom, three-bathroom luxury condo in Fort Lauderdale. It's a lot of property. That's a lot of money. He's attacking Carville. You really have to respect this guy's grift, constantly dressing in normal clothes on TV to feign relatability while living like this. Masterful con artist. It was right under our nose the whole time. <laughs> the real masterful con artist, Carlos Maza. Uh, look, I don't want to psychobabble, as I said earlier in the show, so I don't want to speculate as to any unresolved family issues here that would make him play the socialist on TV. But I want to make a broader point about the left and about socialists, because we're seeing a big generational divide here. So you got the old socialist type, that's Bernie, and you got the young millennial socialist type, Carlos Maza. And, and there are two kinds of characters for socialists. The ones motivated primarily by envy and the ones motivated by self-hatred. Again, I don't want to get into psychobabble. I want to get into politico-babble. <laughs> and I think you see these characteristics expressed in the ideologies themselves. So the old left, the old hardened socialist left, of which Bernie is the last remaining representative, I think, they are motivated by envy. That ideology is motivated by envy. It's the rich have too much, we're going to take it from them. You even hear a little bit of this in, in the phrases Carlos Maza uses. Eat the rich, right? We're gonna, that's an old phrase. So they're motivated by taking material goods from other people. They're motivated by a sort of materialist Marxist ideology. They hate that they don't have as much money as those other guys. Bernie Sanders, the millionaires and the billionaires are the worst people on earth. We've got to take their money. Then Bernie becomes a millionaire and all of a sudden the millionaires are okay. Now it's only the billionaires. We got to take their money. But that's what motivates that ideology, envy. For the new left, 
they're not motivated primarily by envy. What, what animates that philosophy and ideology is self-hatred. So in the new left, really starting from the 60s and 70s, it's no longer about you're rich, we're going to take your money. There's still traces of that. It's really about we hate our civilization. We're so bad. We're awful. America has been so evil in the world. White people have been so evil. Men have been so evil. Western civilization has been so evil. Everything, that, anything that you can tie to yourself. Straight people have been so evil, right? It's just all about you. And so you hate that so much that you, you want to get rid of it. You see this espoused in the, uh, the millennial counterparts on the left today. It's a d- great discomfort with who they are. The men who talk about how terrible men are, straight people who talk about how terrible straight people are, and most especially those of us who were born and raised and educated in the West talking about how Western civilization has destroyed the world. It's pretty pathetic. Frankly, if you gave me the choice of the two, I would go for the old left. At least it's understandable. At least it's a clear uh, calculation, right? You say, oh yeah, you have that, I want that. That's the oldest impulse in the world. But this self-hatred is really sickening. And it's when the sort of cultural revolutionaries took Marxism from the realm purely of economics into the realm of culture uh, that you really started to see this. And uh, Carlos is the the latest in a long stream of exponents of that culture. And it's no less pathetic when it's him and it's no less hilarious. By the way, before we content ourselves that Joe Biden is going to win the nomination and Trump can eat him for lunch in November, don't forget there's someone still lurking in the sidelines. There are a lot of people who said we're not ready for Joe. I don't know if Joe's going to make it even to the convention. I don't know if he's going to make it till November. Hillary Clinton is uh, pulling the knives out again. She's not just saying, you know, that she still wants to participate. She's not just saying she's not going to endorse yet. She's also unapologizing for what she did in 2016. So you remember Hillary Clinton put her emails on a private server so that people couldn't request those records, so that people couldn't read the corruption that she regularly engaged in. And then when it became dangerous, you know, when it, when it looked like people were going to start to get into that server, she completely wiped it. And then she joked about how she wiped it uh, on camera. And she, she had no explanation for this other than trying to hide her own crookedness. So back then she said, quote, as I look back at it now, even though it was allowed, I shouldn't have used two accounts. That was a mistake. I'm sorry about that. I take responsibility. That's what Hillary said to ABC news in September, 2015. Now, she says, well, that at the time what she was thinking is, we'll just say what you did was a mistake. It was dumb, it's over, and that will end it. I wasn't convinced of that, but I understood the frustration of my campaign. So against my better judgment, I said, okay, fine. It turned out to be a mistake, but because look at all the oxygen it was sucking out of my campaign, but it didn't end it. It didn't end it at all, and it never ended it never ended. She's admitting that she lied when she apologized. This is a bad look for a politician. I think the reason she's doing it is she's extremely bitter because the, the White House was owed to her. It was that, that belonged to her and Trump took that away because it, it was supposed to go to Hillary and the Democrats and then it didn't. And she's really upset about it. It, it just shows though the duplicity of 
the left here. I mean, Carlos Maza, right? He's assailing people for wearing street clothes while they're living in a mansion and not eating the rich. He's doing exactly the same thing. Hillary Clinton apologizes and then she admits, oh no, I didn't really mean my apology. I was just saying it to, to get one over on all you rube, deplorable, irredeemable idiot voters, right? This, this race is not totally over yet. There's a lot of room here for hypocrisy to come out. Joe Biden launches his campaign talking about how he's going to bring, basically saying he's going to bring dignity back to the White House. Joe Biden's got a lot of corruption that he's going to have to account for. He's got a lot of drama. He's got a lot of flip-flopping. He's got a lot of hypocrisy that he's going to have to account for. I think the Democrats today are happy that they dodged a bullet. Bernie Sanders is almost certainly not going to be the nominee. They've got their milquetoast choice who doesn't believe anything and wouldn't even remember if he did believe anything. But this is not over. This is only the beginning. Can't wait to see the rest of the show. That's our show today. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. Get your mailbag questions in. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. They say in politics, you can't beat someone with no one, but it looks like the Democrats are going to try to do exactly that by nominating Joe Biden and hoping they can just keep him from being seen before he screws up too badly. We'll talk about that and we'll have the mailbag so all your problems will be solved on The Andrew Claven Show.